This is Father Reed Henserling presenting to you the Word of God, and we are celebrating the fifth Sunday of Easter, and we are celebrating the week of the fifth Sunday of Easter from the daily lectionary readings from May 10th to May 16th, 2020. If you look at year two, we have readings from Leviticus, 1 Thessalonians, and Matthew 6. So we'll be focused on those readings from Leviticus, 1 Thessalonians, this is Paul's letter to Thessalonica. And finally, we are in the Sermon on the Mount in chapters 6 and the first half of chapter 7. What you want to do is you want to get a copy of those, a listing of those scriptures, and you want to read them on a daily basis. You want to be reading them either in the first of the morning, midday, afternoon, wherever it is, whenever you read. Find yourself a quiet place a restful place, and read these texts. And if you have any questions as to where they are and what they are, you'll find them at the end of the Book of Common Prayer, Daily Lectionary, and you want to look at the fifth Sunday of Easter, year two. All right? And so what we're going to do is we're going to review these with you. Let's start in Leviticus. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus is the third book of the Bible, Remember, we've got 66 books of the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, and Leviticus is dealing with a very important issue. Now, most Christians are not very familiar with the book of Leviticus because it sounds boring, it sounds like a drag, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, but it's dealing with the issue of sin, and therefore it's very, very important. We have on May 10th, the book of Leviticus chapter 8. May 11th, we have chapter 16, and May 12th, chapter 16. On May 13th, chapter 19, and the 14th, chapter 19. And on the 15th, Leviticus 23, and on the 16th, Leviticus 23. And so if you go to chapter 8, he's talking about the ordination of Aaron, who is the high priest, called by God to be high priest. And he's talking about the ordination of Aaron and his sons. A very, very important uh, chapter because it's what God, how God exalts, lifts up, blesses those people that uh, are, deal with the sacrifices and deal with the offerings before the Lord. There's something very sacred about that, something very significant about that, something very important about that. And so Leviticus chapter 8 is about the their ordination and their being blessed in such a way that the uh, call of God in their lives to bless the Lord and to sanctify the Lord and to present God's word before the people is uh, is done very well. Now in 16, chapter 16, which we'll be reading on uh, Monday and Tuesday, is about the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur is still celebrated by uh, the Jewish faith to this day. It's an extraordinarily important day. And it solves the problem what are we going to do when we sin against God? Now, Deuteronomy and Exodus talk about the law, talk about the ways that God grants the people in order to serve him by keeping his law. You're very familiar with the Ten Commandments, okay? And then he gives them other laws and rules that he wants them to follow. And if they follow these rules and these laws, they will be blessed. If they don't, they'll be cursed. So what happens when you disobey? What happens when you don't follow the law? where there has to be a way that people deal with their sin because you can't just say that you uh, 
don't want to do that anymore. You actually have to confess your sins. There has to be a sacrifice for your sins in the Old Testament. And so we have the Day of Atonement when Aaron makes atonement in the most holy place, the tent of meeting in the altar. He brings forth the live goat. He lays his both hands on the head of the live goat and confesses over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins. He puts them on the goat's head. The goat will carry on itself all the sins to a solitary place, and the man shall release it in the desert. We call that the scapegoat. So there are ways that God provides for the people to deal with their sin. That's very important. You've got to deal with people's sin. And so please read chapter 16 very closely this week because it's a very, very important uh, scripture. Let me read one more verse, verse 16. In this way, he will make atonement for the most holy place because of the uncleanness and rebellion of the Israelites, whatever their sins have been. So we need to deal with our sins. Now, fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus dealt with our sins once for all by his death on the cross. But before that happened, we had to have the annual ritual of the Day of Atonement to take care of the sins of the people. People's sins, your sins and mine, have to be dealt with. Then we go to chapter 19, which is a very important chapter because it lists um, the Ten Commandments. Do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another, do not uh, swear falsely by my name, etc. Do not hate your brother in your heart, verse 17. And then, of course, the very famous Leviticus 19, 18, love your neighbor as yourself. So if you've ever wondered, where do we get that scripture? Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, it's in the Bible. It's in Leviticus, Leviticus 19, 18 to be exact. And of course, Jesus makes reference to it when a lawyer stands up and says, what are the, what are the essential commandments? What, what do I need to know? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the book of Leviticus chapter 19 He lists a series of rules and laws, and they are very interesting and very important. Please look at that. And then finally, Leviticus 23, we have the traditions of the Jews that he wants them to follow, the rituals that he wants them to follow, the solemn assemblies that he wants them to follow. So we have the Sabbath, which we, the Jewish faith follows to this day. We have the Passover and unleavened bread. Remember the Passover out of Exodus 12. The first fruits, the feast of weeks, the feast of trumpets, the day of atonement, which I just referred to in Leviticus 16, and the feast of tabernacles. Now, these feasts, obviously, I don't have very much time to go into them now, but they are very important to the Jewish faith. They are important occasions for people to bless the Lord and thank the Lord. Uh, They revolve around agricultural settings. And so there's a spiritual impartation. So in the daily life of the Jewish people, they stopped and they celebrated what the Lord was doing in their lives. They recognized on a weekly basis we have the Sabbath. And so in the rhythm of our lives, we want to be sensitive to what the Lord is doing. And so in these readings this week, we have Leviticus 8, the ordination and the consecration of those leaders in the faith that will make atonement for the people. Then we have the Day of Atonement where we deal with the problem of sin in our lives. Then we have the different rules and regulations that come out of Leviticus 19. Read those very slowly. And then in 23, we have the feast days, if you will. And we celebrate feast days to this day uh, in, uh, in our church where we'll celebrate 
Holy Trinity, and we'll celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, and we'll celebrate Easter, and we'll celebrate Christmas Day, the birth of Jesus, and we'll celebrate All Saints Day, etc. And so, um, please read those uh, carefully, and I hope that you'll enjoy them. Uh, at, at, at worst, you may not know anything about each of these um, particular readings, but Again, this is in encompassing and developing and enlarging our uh, understanding of the Word of God in the um, Old Testament. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I'm dealing with 1 Thessalonians in the Bible study on Friday morning, to which all of you are invited to, Friday morning. And he is looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5, and he's dealing with the problem of uh, the coming of the Lord in chapter 4, verses 13 and 18. Uh, the people at that time believed that Jesus was coming very soon. Uh, well, obviously, that was 2,000 years ago, and it hasn't happened. But they believed it was going to happen very soon. So Paul was dealing with that problem and what they were going to do about that because some people weren't working and responding like they should in a, uh, a, a way that exalted the Lord. They were being frivolous. They were... Uh, not doing the work that they were required to do. They were procrastinating. Uh, they were just not, uh, they were obfuscating their duties uh, and, and their work duties. And, and they thought that Jesus was going to come very soon. So they didn't have to do those things. And he talks about the coming of the Lord and the coming of Christ. We'll be looking at those scriptures, interestingly, in the next several weeks in the Bible study on Friday morning. And then he talks about the way that we should live at the beginning of chapter 5. You are sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. So Paul does a great job of reminding us, okay, these are some things that are going to happen. These are some doctrinal truths, some doctrinal truths that are crucial to know. But in the end, here's the way you need to behave. So that there's always a teaching about this is what we believe in the scriptures. And then secondly, there's always action. Okay, how am I going to behave? What ethic am I going to have? How does the, the Lord want me to act in terms of speech, etc., etc.? Action. What does he want us to do? For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says later on to live in peace with each other. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This wonderful series of texts from 16 to 24, you may want to look at that. You may want to highlight that in your Bible. It's a beautiful series of texts in the way that God wants us to live and what he wants us to think about. So anyway, as you're reading through these lectionary readings, you want to get an overall view of what's going on. You want to get uh, and, and maybe focus on a couple of scriptures or phrases in the Bible that you're particularly drawn to when you're doing the work and you're, you're relaxing there. The Holy Spirit, I pray, will speak to you. And what we want you to do is to get yourself in the scripture. I just want to encourage you to be in the scripture. And then just in a, the listen, in the, again, in the comfort of your home mostly, quiet, peaceful, calm, serene, and you're just listening to what the Lord is saying to you and sharing with you. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, we read that on page, on uh, May 14th, a beautiful verse again, God is just, and now he's talking about the people that do not know the Lord and what happens to them when you die. It's kind of an unpleasant subject, hell, but it's very real, and it's certainly not a place that God wants us to go to, so we need to be aware of it, and we need to avoid it. And so he talks about the reality uh, 
contained therein. And then he talks in chapter 2 on Friday about the coming of the Antichrist, in which there's been a phenomenal amount of debate and uh, conversation about that over the last uh, 2,000 years. And then finally in verse chapter 3, we have again a warning against idleness. Remember I said earlier the people that were not working thought Jesus was going to come very soon, and this is not something that Paul supports. So you're basically reading chapter 4, the end of the second half of chapter 4, and chapter 5, and then chapters 1, 2, and 3 in 2 Thessalonians. You're getting a, a, just an overview of that, uh, that text. You're getting an overview and reading it uh, a chapter a day, as it were, almost. Uh, you're getting a feeling for what Paul is saying to them. And hopefully, by God's grace, you'll pick up something that you haven't heard before, you haven't thought about before, you haven't considered before, or that God will speak to you about that really touch your heart and your life. Now, something that's probably a little bit easier for you to pick up, perhaps, is in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. And we have, there's just so much here uh, in Matthew chapter 6. And he starts out by talking about the uh, prayer and about praying the Lord's Prayer and about prayers being important. Teach us to pray when you pray. And so we've said the Lord's Prayer all of our lives. And he gives us uh, the teaching and the placement of that in the canon of scriptures. We see where the Lord's Prayer is. And then we go to verses 16 to 18. And then he talks about fasting. If you recall, if you came to the Ash Wednesday service, you'll recall that uh, we talked about when you pray and when you fast as you prepare yourself for Lent. Now we're in Easter right now. And we're remembering those words. But the idea of praying and fasting has not gone away. We're not waiting till next uh, year to pray and fast again. It's just part and parcel of what we do on a regular basis as part of our Christian spirituality. We are people that pray. We are people that fast. Then he begins to talk about verses uh, 19 to 24, where we talk about not storing up for yourselves treasures on earth, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So Jesus has this wonderful uh, illustration of what's important. Well, eternal things are important. Eternal things are important. Well, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, okay? So Jesus directs us to what is important. Now, the reading of the, of the gospel in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is very important because we get a strong understanding of what we need to focus on in this life. Now, this is Jesus' perspective, and I think his perspective is one that we want to model, that we want to listen to, that we want to pay attention to. Do not worry about your life on Thursday, what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. Who, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Now, we are in a state right now with this coronavirus where worrying is something that I'm sure a lot of people are doing. It's quite disconcerting the situation that we find ourselves in. What are we to do about this, Jesus? His answer, Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will give, be given to you. He says, why do you worry about clothes? Why do you worry about what you're going to eat? Why do you worry about what you're going to drink? Oh, you of little faith, why do you worry about that? I'm taking care of that for you. Now, it's one thing for me to say that these words are true. It's another thing for each of us for those who are listening, to read these words, again, in the solitude of your home, in the the solitude uh, where you can hear God, and there's not a lot of noise, but quiet, 
and you hear God speak those words to you. And what you want to do is you want to seek the kingdom. You want to seek Christ. You want to pray to him. You want to hear those words. You want to hear his voice. You want to hear him speak to you. You want to hear him speak these words to you because they're very, very, very powerful words. Therefore, he says, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has will worry about itself. Each trouble, each day will have trouble of, of its own. All right, then we go to Friday, and we have these very famous words, do not judge or you will be judged. Why do you look at the speck of dirt, the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, and you pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Now, what if all of us did that? Wouldn't that be great that we weren't judgmental, that we weren't judging other people, that we could look at ourselves first, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye, all right? So he tells us to ask and to seek and to knock. And if we ask and we seek that we knock, the Lord will respond to us. One of the problems that sometimes Christians have is they're not asking, seeking, and knocking. They're not listening to the Lord. They are not pursuing him. They, he is not their top priority. Uh, they ask without faith. They do not believe. So be honest with the Lord. Be honest with him. Be honest about your worries and your fears and your doubts. Seek first the kingdom. Do not judge. Deal with your own issues first. Ask, seek, knock. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? So the Lord is answering you, how much, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He's going to bless you. He's going to hear your prayer. In everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The great golden rule, right? Matthew 7, 12. There it is, folks. There's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Isn't that a great principle? Do not judge. Take the, take the plank out of your own eye before you take the sawdust out of someone else's eye. Ask, seek, knock. Seek the kingdom. Very simple but very profound truths. And then lastly, on Saturday, Matthew 7, 13 to 21, enter through the narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. Small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. All right? It is very easy to walk the road that leads to destruction. Everybody could do it. Anybody could do it. All you got to do is follow your flesh. But the narrow way is a tougher way. It's a more difficult way. It's the road less traveled, that's for sure. But is the way of peace. It is the way of life. Now, what I want to encourage you in so that you'll follow the narrow way is to read these scriptures and to study these scriptures and to think about these scriptures. If you go off and not study them and not think about them and not know them and not reflect on them and not pray about them, then you're basically just going out on your own doing whatever you think you should do. And I promise you, you're going to have lots of problems because you and I do not think like Jesus thinks. We do not think like the Holy Spirit thinks. We just don't. It's not in our nature to do that. You want to be led by the Spirit to do the right thing, but first you have to have the knowledge of God and the understanding of the Scriptures and that relationship with the Lord in order to make that happen. Watch out for false prophets, he says. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does, he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So it's not just enough to say, Lord, I'm going to do this, Lord, I'm going to do that. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians, when those of you that will read First and Second Thessalonians this week, you'll find that he's given us a prescription for the way that we are supposed to behave and the way we're supposed to act, okay? It's important to do his will. 
He's not putting that out there and encouraging us to do certain things with, by not doing them. Again, go back and Levit, look at Leviticus 19. He's not listing those things just to list them. He means it. God means it. It's important that we do it. But we can't do it unless we know it. That's why I want to share this with you on a weekly basis. I want to encourage you to read these texts. I want to pray for you that you will do them. I want, you to, I want to pray that you'll continue to read and you'll continue to put yourself in a position where you can hear the word of the Lord speak to you. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and drive out demons and perform many miracles? I will tell you, I don't know you. Away from me, you evildoers. And so it is very important that we hear the word of the Lord and we put it into action. And so what Leviticus and 1 Thessalonians and Matthew are doing are giving us a lot to think about. Now, you can't learn everything or know everything. And so what you and I need to do is we need to listen to the Holy Spirit speak to us. He will guide us and lead us as to what he wants us individually to focus on. So when I'm reading the scriptures on a regular basis, on a daily basis, I'm trying to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling me regarding where I'm at in relation to these texts. So I hope you'll have a wonderful fifth Sunday of Easter week as you go through these scriptures. If you have any questions, please contact me and let me know. And I'll say a closing prayer until we meet again to celebrate the sixth Sunday of Easter next week. Lord God, bless your people. Give them a beautiful week of study and prayer and reflection. And thinking about the word of God, may the Holy Spirit speak to each and every person as we desire to hear from you, from Leviticus and First and Second Thessalonians and the Gospel of Matthew. Have a wonderful week and God bless you.